Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man, and Mike Kapler, the Cap. Growing in Grace. Hey, hope uh, everyone is doing well and enjoying life in Christ. Uh, you know that life in Christ is meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> A lot of people, I think, have not gotten that memo, Cap, and, and for whatever reason, whether it's legalism or um, other things have got them down, and I know that there are legitimate things in life that get us down, but a lot of people tend to think that life in Christ is not really meant to be all that enjoyable, but really, he's, uh, Jesus said that he came that we would have life, and life abundantly, and that's what we're hoping that as we share the good news of the gospel with people, that it will uh, help people to uh, enjoy life at least at least a little bit more. Well, the average Joe or Josephine out there, which is uh, most of us, um, when, when you hear stuff about the Bible and Jesus and all of that, it, it's hard to separate the religious mentalities that sometimes get thrown into the same suitcase. I mean, Jesus is our life. Uh, Jesus Christ is um, the best friend that you'll ever have. Most people probably never even really come to discover that. Mm. It's just, Joel, it's, it's one of those things where religion gets mixed in with Jesus, and it messes people up. And so uh, we're not here to say that we've got all the answers and that you know we can, we can make it all good. It's just that we're, we're hopefully communicating something to you that will, will help you move on with what you were talking about, Joel, uh, a joy, um, love, peace, comfort, the good things that God wants to bring into the, this life that he has given you. And, and so, you know, so many people just get negative thoughts and vibes when they hear something about Jesus or the Bible, and that's too bad. Yeah, it really is. I've often characterized what I think people think about Jesus is that he that people picture him as just coming to wag his finger at people and telling them how bad they are and, and how they need to change. Whether a person thinks exactly that way, I think a lot of times people have this view of God as, as out to get them or uh, somehow against them or angry with them, and really it's quite the opposite. He came to show us his love for us. He came to show us that he's not against us. Christ died on the cross to show us that God is not against us, but that he's for us. He so loved the world that he gave his son. He did it because he loves us, and we, um, now that we've come to know him by grace through faith, we've come to know this God, and we can realize day by day that he's for us and not against us. As we were talking about last week, we can repent change our thinking of that angry God and, and the God who's against us, and we can realize that he is for us, and move on from there with, hopefully, a lot of joy and peace and grace. Yeah, and, and that's true for anybody. We, we were focusing on a lot last week on the, the Jewish people that Jesus was ministering to, but of course, Gentiles uh, had the gospel made available to them, and you, and you see some evidence of that, not only in Paul's writings, but even in the book of Acts. And you know, what must I do to be saved? Well, just repent 
change the way you're thinking. Stop trusting in yourself and believe that what Jesus Christ did was sufficient and has made you complete. And so it's a wonderful feeling. I, I mean, I, I went through a lot of years thinking like what you were just talking about, Joel. Even as a young child, when I was a Christian, I thought Jesus came wagging his finger. Boy, I, I just didn't understand that the context of the covenants and the purpose of what Jesus really came to do for much of my Christian life. And not that I know very much now, but at least I, I got a handle on, on some of the ABCs of what the gospel is. And that's a revelation of God's righteousness. That is a free gift where we are in right standing before him. Right, yeah. And I think one of the things that had me thinking wrongly about God was the whole uh, altar call thing. Not that an altar call is necessarily a bad thing, not really trying to say that, but if a person listening isn't quite sure what an altar call is, it's you got the church together and the preacher's up there and he's he's asking people uh, if they want to come forward and accept Jesus Christ. Or in a lot of cases starts listing out some things, some bad things that people are doing and calling them forward to repent, to stop doing those things and to start living right. And I, you know, had this idea, you know, speaking of repentance and what it really means, you know, change of thinking from um, an improper view of God to a view of him as loving us and, and being for us. You know, what if there was an altar call that was done the way that the gospel really works? What if there was this altar call where the preacher, instead of listing out all these evil things that people are doing, because everybody sins. Everybody. There's no one who doesn't sin. If, if repentance means we got to change our behavior and start doing right, everyone's going to have to do it all the time. But how about if we had this type of thing where somebody was up there saying, okay, have you been believing the lie that you're not accepted by God because of your poor behavior or performance? Have you been walking in guilt and shame for the things you've done? Have you been holding others to a standard that you yourself cannot keep? And uh, even if you feel that you've kept that standard, do you really think that that's what the Christian life is about? Or how about this? Have you had various expectations of yourself, or do you feel that God has had expectations of you that you failed to live up to, and those failures, you think, are keeping you from intimacy with him. Have you seen God as judgmental, condemning, and angry towards you? Have you felt weak and burdened, and you felt like it's up to you to make yourself strong and to bear those heavy burdens? Or have you been believing the good news. <laughs> I mean, how about if someone was up there and let's, you know, a show of hands, how many people have been walking around in guilt and condemnation? How, how many people have been walking around in shame and, and feeling that they're not living up to this performance standard that they think they should, and so on and so forth? And let's have these people come forward, and instead of repenting of bad deeds and starting to do good things. How about let's change our thinking, let's repent of this wrong view of God, and instead believe the good news. Does that stir up anything in you, Cap? Any thoughts about that? Well, yeah, let me interject here. So let me just to, to clarify what you just said, you're talking about sort of tongue-in-cheek here, I think, but you're, you're, you're saying in, instead of the, the typical altar call that you were referring to where people are sort of almost guilted into coming forward. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
either to accept Jesus Christ as Savior or, uh, like as is the case in a lot of churches, uh, pretty much most of the people who are there are already believers. When you go to you know church each week, uh, it's just full of believers, so you just can't keep asking them to come forward and accept Jesus Christ because many of them are already, are, are already at that place. So we, we come up with other ideas, other ways to get people to come forward. And why is that? Because unfortunately, a lot of pastors and ministers are teaching what was taught to them. And unfortunately, they, they get their identity tied up in how many people they can bring forward for one reason or another. They'll gauge the success of their message or sermon, or like I said, even their identity on how many people will come forward. The more that come forward, the more powerful the message was. <laughs> and uh, here you're talking about kind of changing that around from guilting people to come forward for all their bad behavior uh, to actually uh, getting them to come forward and admit, okay, I've been trying to trust in my behavior instead of trusting in the good news. And uh, I want to go back to last week's program. I want to repent of that. I want to repent of feeling guilty. I want to repent of, and you listed them all already. I don't have to repeat them, but so you're, 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 you're talking about trying to turn this around uh, like 180 degrees. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because like we've said, there's all kinds of things that each and every one of us could do differently. Maybe things that aren't helpful and aren't expedient, as Paul wrote about, and instead do things that are helpful and are expedient and that do represent who we are in Christ. But so many people think that that's what is going to cause God to accept them. If they stop performing wrongly and start performing right, then God will accept them. If they will sanctify themselves, that is, you know, set themselves aside and and make sure that it's up to them to start doing all the right things and perform right before God, then God will accept them. And so, yeah, I'm saying let's repent of that notion because our acceptance with God isn't based upon our performance. That's really what I'm trying to say here. Our performance doesn't give us standing with God, and it doesn't take us away from proper standing with God. It's His grace. It's by grace through faith. And so, yeah, let's repent of the whole idea that it's up to us to maintain our salvation or to sanctify ourselves and realize that God himself... God himself has saved us to the uttermost, as the Bible says, that he has already sanctified us and made us complete in him. Yeah, and when you're talking about the uttermost, I mean, that, that's a lot, right? <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think some cow came up with that word, the uttermost. The, yeah, the, the Greek word for uttermost. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, because I mean, we've, we've talked in the past about this, Joel, where I just think even the, the phrase altar call has a lot of old covenant things attached to it, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many old timers are out there who used to watch the Looney Tunes cartoons. And there was one, uh, one cartoon that uh, I just loved, but he was rarely on. His name was Pete Puma. I can't I even I remember what kind of animal he was. Do you know Pete Puma? <laughs> was he a puma? <laughs> yeah, that might be it. <laughs> you think? So, yeah. Oh, brother. <laughs> anyway, know. so, you know, Pete Puma, who, who was he? Well, Bugs Bunny would say, how many lumps do you want? And Pete Puma oh. would say, oh, three or four, <laughs> you know, and, and then Bugs Bunny would hit him over the head with a hammer. And it's like that with Pete Puma going forward to the altar. And it's like the minister is there saying, well, how many lumps do you want? You know, you're going to repent here. 
and uh, bang, 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 we're going to hit you over the head and then you're going to repent and everybody's going to be happy because you're going to go try and live this thing right. And if, uh, if an extra lump popped up out of his head, then they would just pound that down again too because he only wanted three or four. And that's the way it is, though. The re religion wants to beat people over the head and try and get them to perform in a certain way. And uh, that's not what the gospel is about. And so altar calls, uh, I like your idea, Joel. Let's, let's turn this around and get people thinking right uh, instead of uh, making them feel guilty and unworthy and start over and try again, because that's what they did under the Old Covenant. Yeah, and that, you know, and the thing is, you know, this doesn't have to be done in a church setting. I mean, the whole idea of the altar call, in a lot of churches, they have the altar, which I think, as you say, does have a lot of Old Covenant connotations to it. But nevertheless, whatever setting you're in where you're uh, with other believers, I think that's a, that's a good opportunity to encourage one another in the good news, you know, to encourage one another to, you know, stop thinking the wrong way about God and our relationship with Him, and to realize that everything that He has done for us is good news, and we can relate to Him through the good news. You know, I've said the word good news a lot today and on other past podcasts, but I can't say it enough because I really do want that to be what people get out of their relationship with God, is that it's about good news. Well, there we have another uh, Growing in Grace podcast and more good news, I'm sure, will be coming up next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various Internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.